pass to Johnson. Johnson still going. Oh, good. Silly Talk Sport back in the saddle for another week. Of course, she is bye week for the Mighty Waz, which certainly takes a bit of sting out of the weekend's festivities. But still, never fear. The All Blacks are here, and there's actually sport galore. Of course, the Women's Football World Cup, the Netball World Cup gets underway tomorrow, and a huge card of UFC. So strap yourself in. Still plenty to get through on today's show. I've also got my hands on the All Blacks lineup before she's announced later today so if you're tuning in bright and early on your Thursday morning you'll be one of the first in New Zealand to hear the team that will take on Eddie Jones and the Wallabies later today plenty of boxes to tick so let's rip into it kick things off and talk some rugby league Round 21 again dished up some unreal games of footy, of course, none better than the Friday night main event at Mount Smart, but I think we'll touch on that last, rip into the other games first, go through some big talking points before we touch on the mighty Waz, of course, the Bunnies Bronx game, that was the dessert for your Friday night clash, and shit did it live up to expectation, with the boys from Brizzy getting the win 36 points to 20, but man was this an entertaining game of code, and for me, the Broncos showed that they really are a finals footy team this year of course I had my suspicions thought maybe they were just going big guns and they were going to drop off they've been firing on all cylinders this year and they dispatched of a quality bunny side fairly easily too the boys from South they got off to a fast start looked every bit like they were going to push the Bronx but then geez did they just turn up the heat you saw guys like Reese Walsh Paddy Carrigan really up the ante and touching on Walshy man is he in good form every time he touches the ball he just ups the tempo of the game he's lightning quick he's really made some good decisions lately as well he's a heck of a ball player energizer galore and with him at the back the Bronx look to be the real deal so well done to the kid he's got to be the form fullback over the whole season in the NRL this year massive result for the Bronx though they're sitting in second now and looking good as well stacked roster and they look every bit of premiership threat so can't wait to see how they trot on for the bunnies for me obviously Latrelli was a late scratch and good to see he's in this week fingers crossed he played I just thought they looked a bit deflated maybe that trail news got them down a little guys like Cody Walker and co didn't have their best of nights so on they march currently sitting out outside the eight but I well and truly expect them to be in the finals footy mix we'll touch on that later actually my top eight prediction Super Saturday saw the boys from Bondi bounce back in a major way dispatching of the Titans on the back of a solid first 40 minutes of footy she was a game of two halves the old cliche shout out to the ladies in the kitchen as well without them none of this would be possible 30-0 headed into Oranges Trent Robinson had his boys up and about second half she was all the lads from the 
Gold Coast and shit it was disappointing too. I've liked what I've seen from the Titans this year but for me in that first half they looked like the Titans side of old. A punishing watch. The Roosters they were all over them playing some grouse code too. Good to see Brandon Smith ripping in a tear in through the middle. Played some big minutes. I think he got through 70 and looked every bit his old explosive bear. Shout out to Jared Waria Hargraves as well. That bloke he's about 60 years old but like a good old red wine which I actually don't drink some talking complete dribble here but he just gets better with age so well done to him and Lindsay Collins geez he's got to be up there for one of the best forwards in the NRL this year really stamped his mark at origin now he's carried that back to clubland as well so shout out to him promising signs for the Roosters and it's crazy to think with just eight wins from 18 games they're still not out of the playoff hunt only two wins behind the top eight so look out, the old chooks could be coming home with a wet sail. I think that's the expression. Upset alert, the Knights getting one up over the storm. First time since 2015 they've beaten them and it was actually the first win for KP in his career against a Melbourne side. So massive stuff from the Knights again. They got off to a slow start, down 12-0, but they bounced back to lead at halftime and then kicked on from there as well. For me, the Knights, they're kind of like the Warriors of past. I reckon they've got one of the best fan bases in the comp. Shit that their faithful show up every week. She's always a packed house, regardless of how crap they're going. This year, though, especially over the past six weeks or so, they're playing some great code. Kalen Ponga finding that career best form again, and this was a massive win for them. you got to say, though, the Storm wasn't a very Melbourne-like performance from them, so they'll be taking their licks, and I expect a massive lift from them this week. Tough, too. They've lost Nelson Asafa-Solomona and Remus Smith for a decent time, and for me, that's where they're lacking. Nelson, in particular, in that forward pack, they're just lacking a bit of punch that they've had in previous years. So tough times for the Storm. Great to see from the Knights, though. Cowboys, they got the dub over the Eels as expected. I tell you what, Wonga Blake, 650 grand a year, I believe he's on in here. One of the great rugby league shockers, a truly night to forget from him. He was a leaky sieve on D, caused errors galore. As a result, Semi Valame, he was fully hard Valame, really dominating that matchup. Cal's too good. I think that's about seven on the trot now for them. Toddy Payton's lads firing and ticking every box. Super Sunday, Panthers too good for the dogs as many expected. Back at home, the Panthers, they just don't lose there. The Prince of Penrith, Nathan Cleary, the poor man's Prince of Penrose, he showed up and put on a clinic. It was like he hasn't missed a beat, that kid. Tyron Peachy with a double. The Peach, you gotta love that winding back the clock. Panthers again showing they are that one tier above everyone else in the comp for me at the moment. Every bit the favourites to make it a three-peat. And then your final game of the round, and geez, was this bums on seat stuff. The Manly Gulls going to Cronulla and getting the win at Points Bet Stadium, but geez, did they make it tough. Up 24-0 at halftime, thought this game was home and hosed. And the old group chats, we were all saying how atrocious the Sharks have been defensively. Maybe they got the message Fitzgibbon sprayed them. They're actually down 30-0 after 46 minutes. But from there on out, it was all one-way traffic. Five unanswered tries to bring them within four points. And I tell you what, Will Kennedy, if he has his time over again, he probably passes that footy late. There was a play there. I think they had a three or four-man overlap. He chose to tuck and carry. Will the thrill went for the chocolates himself. 
couldn't dot down, those are those little moments that can cost you a game. And that is exactly what happened. Their left edge defense, though, for the Sharks. We saw SJ and Co. pick them apart. DCE, he did it again. Big Hamoli, Olakawatu, and Tolu Kola having a day out for the Manly Gulls. A huge result for them. But of course, the game that you're all interested in, the one you tune in each week to hear me wax lyrical and chew your ears off about the mighty Waz getting the dub 21 points to 20. We were back on the roller coaster, Warriors fans that last 10 minutes and I've been saying almost missed it the thrill of a game going down to the wire because for so much of this year we've been so dominant and we've had games in the bag in that last 10 minutes we had it in the bag here too but some good play from Canberra some fortunate bounces of the footy and they were back in the game golden point though cometh the hour cometh the man don't think it was ever in doubt that SJ was going to knock that over and shout out to him as well almost identical setup to the New South Wales Cup game and maybe he was watching Ronnie Volkman pre-game they came back from a hissing deficit against the Raiders flipped the result and banged one over good to see Dimitrix Sifakula as well if you're watching Sky Sport you would have seen it flipped the bird to a Raiders player gave him the old Degeneration X suck it celebration as well so clearly no love lost between those two sides and a great win for our Cup boys but back onto this game a massive win and I was actually incredibly proud of the lads I think you could look at this game from two ways disappointing we let them back in although I mentioned their tries were fortunate for me their last try was only their real genuine one of course they scored Hudson Young off the drop ball from Marata Neokore which was caused by an HIA he was suffering from brain cell depletion and after that drop he never came back into the game, so you can excuse that. Jordan Rapana, he scored off a kick, just got a little bit higher than Marcelo Montoya. That is what it is, a bit of individual freakishness. But before that kick, we defended about six straight sets on our own line. So shout out to the boys for that. Whitehead, he scored off a deflection from a grubber. Again, score a real try with some ball playing. Your Canberra Raider losers. And then that last try, you got to take your hat off to them. Jackie White and scores off a doozy. I tell you what, 20 seconds left in the game. Surely our lads knew they were trying to go around us, not through the middle. That's exactly what they did. They stretched us, crossed the chalk. I think SJ and Dell jammed in slightly and under the sticks they went. When I saw old Jared Croker lining up the shot, thought geez this could be the ultimate revenge for him of course we trashed his 300th game celebration he had a chance to get one back at the Warriors and the Mount Smart faithful and see us off with a disappointing golden point loss but he couldn't bang it between the sticks and you don't give this Warriors team not this year a second chance into golden point we went interesting to see Webby get his way onto the field too I saw the rest were talking to him telling him to get off I don't think you're actually allowed on the field as a coach during this break but hey not even the refs can stop the great man Webster the boys come out play the perfect set off the back of a horrible mistake from old mate Fogarty just put that kick too far chance with his foot in the in goal catches it seven tackle set we roll down the field a hissing carry from Chance, one from Tohu one from Adam Fenua Blake we're in range Catch you later, Prince of Penrose over the black dot and it was absolute scenes. But a huge win for the lads, extremely important two points when you look at the outcome of the rest of the season. That was our hardest game on the ladder anyway for the rest of the year. To come away with that was a four point win, we head into the bye this week. 
and everything is happy days. In terms of your standouts, I thought Adam Fenor Blake, he was massive again. Each week I say top two front rower in the comp. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that he is the best over the course of this season. I think he's played every game so far this year. So durability, his effectiveness and the work he gets through, including the minutes. I think he's overtaken Payne Haas. 205 metres from 20 carries, 89 PCMs in 69 minutes. That's a nice number. Outstanding stuff from Big Denny. And shit, do I love watching him go about his work. Chance Nickel Clockstad, he defied sickness to put in a huge game. This was his Michael Jordan flu game. Of course, last week against the Sharks, it was Tohu that was battling. This week, it was Chance. A bit of a bug going around the camp, but he shook it off. He wasn't going to be stopped from playing against his old team. And again, coming back to bite them in the ass for the second time this year. Boy, that must be nice. 194 metres a try, five tackle breaks, and again, safe as houses. Wade Egan, he tackled his willy off 55 of the best. We actually had three players, him, Tohu, and Jackson Ford, all raising the bat for over 50 tackles each. You gotta love that. SJ, of course, grouse to ice it, but that wasn't all he did. His ball playing for our tries too. I spoke last week about how our first tries against the Sharks came off the same shape, just different variations. This week, we do it again. Slightly different shapes, so good to see the boys tweaking it and adjusting, knowing that defences would have been watching how they went about their work. That chance try, and then the Dallin try, that was the same shape, silky ball playing, and through we go. That ability to be able to adapt, read defensive patterns, and then play the best option. Shawnee, he's really shown that maturity, and elite level ball playing. Silky stuff from the Prince. Dallin Watini's the Lesney snack, another try for him, 14 in nine games, an absolute freak. I thought Joshy Curran, he was a man possessed off the Rimu. He bopped old Hudson Young, dislodged the ball, massive shot, and he put on some big hits in defense as well. You could tell he was up and about for this one, and he said, get that into ya. And then the loser, Big Red, typical Queensland behavior, comes in, pushing in a shoving. He wanted a blue with the people's mullet. Tell you what, should have been March for 10. It is what it is. Old Corey Horsburgh, certainly can dish it. Uh, can't cop it and then the last standout for me and of course this is slightly biased but the crowd I just thought it was elite yet again Friday night footy at Mount Smart I always say Sunday Arvo you can't beat it because that traditionally has brought out the best Warriors crowds but Friday night at the Fortress is becoming a real mainstay for me the signs were out in massive numbers which is great to see we certainly dominate the NRL for best signage in the comp I thought the Spidewire men they were a nice touch some great signs in that Next two, dressed up as the Spider-Man, giving it big fizz and going hammer and tongs in the old North Stand. And then I thought the team song at the end, what a touch that was. And it's often something we've never really executed in New Zealand sport. When you go overseas, over to England for the football, even when you go over to Aussie for the NRL, teams like South and Cronulla do it so well. Their AFL teams. They do it really well as well. The old victory song, while the team's still out there, the fans belt it out. And I tell you what, when I heard the plan of it, Savage to sing the team song and the crowd to get around it, I thought, geez, not sure if New Zealand sporting fans are ready for this. But of course, the Waz fans, they got around it, flipped it on its head, and it ended out being the highlight of the night. So shout out to the Warriors, the team behind the scenes, this game day experience from the blackout pre-game to the team song post-game. They're just nailing it at every turn. You gotta love it. 
and up the mighty was. So an important two points that this week gets turned into four off the back of the buy. I hate the buy, but off the back of a five-day turnaround, Jesus, at good timing. It means guys like Marata as well. Of course, 11-day stand down for concussion. He won't miss a game. Back available for the Titans next week. It also gives the lads a chance to rest and recover. Good to see a few of the Aussie lads down in Queenstown taking in a few of the sights. No doubt the old gondola copping a hiding there. Jazz Tavanga, Tamare Martin gone hunting. Broke back Mountain too. It's a good chance for the boys to refresh, reload and go again before we jump into the last five weeks. As I mentioned, five bottom eight sides. So we're going to pump them into the core of the earth to finish out the year. In previous years, I would have been nervous saying that the run home teams we should all beat because in the past we've often slipped up on some of those teams especially guys like the Titans who have proven to be a bit of a bogey side but under Webster he just has us playing such consistent footy that I think we can replicate it week in and week out good to see as well guys like Jazz Tavanga I was talking to him on the weekend he would have played this weekend if we had a game so he's going to be ready to go for the Titans if selected like he mentioned unfortunately not such good news for Tamaire Martin. He's at least four weeks away, and look, we may not even see him again this season. Being cautious with the injury and also the form of Luke Metcalf, why would you rush him? It just goes to show the fact he's missed 16 weeks already for a hip drop penalty that went unpenalized. A complete crock of shit, and up yours to the refs from that day. In terms of some other news around the Warriors, though, of course, Webby on NRL 360 during the week just ticking boxes with. Braith and Aster and the lads. It was true rugby league poetry, Shakespearean like, just waxing lyrical, saying other boys aren't getting carried away and we're excited for each week to come. Take it week by week, all that type of stuff. He was on the old Zoom too. Looked like he had a nice house in the background as well. So good to see the clubs put him up in a grouse spot. And saying that, boy, his old buzzer punish. Him and Gordon tell us they just bicker like schoolgirls for the whole show. It truly is the Rugby League Women's Weekly. They just make up stories and then go back and forth about how they disagree with each other. A really tough watch. I thought that face-to-face -face chat with Will Warbrick was really good though. That and Webby, of course, the highlights. And then in terms of some club news for this week, great to see Adam Pompey re-sign until the end of 2025. A lot of people saying why, but I think they're thinking of the old Pomps. And to be fair, this year he's come a really long way. He's still only 24 years old. He's been really solid. Great footwork. He's played every game this year for the club as well averaged 102 meters on attack 14 tackles a game while also boasting 49 tackle breaks and he also ranks ninth amongst the NRL for players with the most line break assists with 16 so he's showing that distribution game for me his biggest issue is probably his self-confidence and it doesn't help that he's often the first player fans rip into on social media so well done to the lad turned down a deal with the Newcastle Knights I believe as well so good to see our centres are stacked this year which of course leads me to the next point Billy Vilea being released to join to the Cowboys I actually heard about this a while ago that it was in the works even had some rugby coaches reach out to me so clearly Billy he was looking to possibly go back to Super Rugby he's ended up at the Cows though two year deal really happy for him he'll probably go straight in for Peter Hicku and he's an incredible talent especially on attack we all know how gifted he is and I loved having him in the side it just appears this year he slipped down the stock so it is what it is and when we talk stocks you got to think of next year RC 
centres. RTS, Rocco Berry, Adam Pompey, and of course, young Ali Lautoa, who many people have forgotten about. That impressive debut against the Raiders. He looks every bit of first grader. Then, of course, we've got Braden Villiame as well. So you just can't have six centres on your roster, 6-2, into two, it simply doesn't work, so fair enough releasing Villy, hopefully he can kick on and have a great career at the Cows, and who knows, the door is never shut, maybe he comes back to the Warriors in the future, but well done to him, so exciting times for the Warriors on and off the field, starting to tick boxes, our roster, it's really coming together for next year as well, but still so much positives to look forward to this year, and geez, everyone's talking about how good would it be to finish in the top four, I'm looking at the top Top two and licking my lips. Second or third, we play Brisbane in the first round. We go on the separate side of Penrith. That would be a massive result for us and I would back us to well and truly win through and then take on the Panthers in the grand final. Master versus Apprentice, Webster versus Ivan. That would be crazy and to think at Magic Round, geez, we were a couple harsh penalties, a couple harsh send-offs away as well from beating the Rith over there so I would love to see that grand final I think tickets actually go on sale next week and it's been great to see a few of you sending through you've booked your tickets your flights love that and up the mighty was speaking of finals footy and probably the biggest talking point in rugby league at the moment is the top eight and who drops out and who comes in when you look at the ladder shit is an absolute chaos and this is why the NRL is so good we're 21 weeks into the competition but from six down to 13th there's only two wins separating the side and the Dolphins are still in with a shot to play finals footy when you look at it the Sharkies they appear to be the team most likely to drop down at the moment on a real downward spiral it's either them or Para for me of course Para no Campbell Gillard no Mike Acevo the Rabbitohs they're in ninth you'd have to think they will play their way up in fact I truly believe almost 90% that they will now that old Trally Mid is back it all comes down to whether the Knights, Seagulls or Roosters, one of those three teams can force their way up. For me the most likely, probably the Knights and then the Chooks. I think they've still got another level to go in them, it just depends. Sharks, Eels, either two of them miss out or one of them for me. At this stage you probably have to chuck your money on the Sharkies, that left edge is a leaky sieve. No Al Finucane, they lose him now as well, so they're in a world of trouble, can they stop the bleeding? Chuck the old bung back in the boat and see if they can rewrite their wrongs. Not quite sure, and it doesn't get any easier for them this week, heading to the foot of the mountain to take on the defending premiers. So rugby league fans, grab your popcorn, cause shit is this gonna be exciting stuff, which leads us through to round Round 22 and of course tonight, Thursday night footy, a heck of a game for us first up. We have the mighty Brizzy Bronx taking on the Roosters, one of the game's great rivalries and one of the longest running in the NRL for the Chooks. They welcome back Victor Radley which is a massive in for them. Brandon Smith, he's named to start at hooker which is good news as well for the Bronx. They get back Tommy Flegler so two big returns for each side and then apart from that they're stacked 1-17 to same as last week going to be a heck of a game going down at the Gabba mentioned a couple times now Roosters impressive last week for the first 40 can they carry it on this would be a massive scalp and really show that they could well be a finals footy side for me though I think the Bronx will be too strong they will kick on and there's a great boosted option at the TAB as well for Cobo and Walsh both to score I think they're going to have too much for the Chooks 
out wide. Going to be a heck of a game though. Both sides stacked with representative talent. Your full fizz Friday tomorrow night. We've got the Tigers taking on the Bunnies and the Storm taking on the Eels for the Tigers. She doesn't get any easier, but good to see Lukey Brooks coming back to bolster them. Shit, do they need him. Brandon Wakeham, he drops out. And old Charlie Staines, shit stains. He comes back onto the wing as well. Marcelo Montoya's doormat. He's been out with a hamstring, so good to see him back for the Bunnies, though. And, of course, the main talk of the town, the return of Latrell Mitchell, old Trelly Mitt. And, Jesus, he looked fit, too. Trelly Mitt looked fit. That has to be an alliteration. Looks like he's dropped a couple kegs. The calf doesn't look to be troubling anymore. Of course, he's had a couple false starts, but have it on good authority. He'll genuinely play in this game. And that just really elevates this team, especially on attack. And I think he's going to be in a bit of a mood. Looking to prove a point as well. So all aboard the Bunnies train. 13 plus for sure. Eel Storm. And again, I mentioned the Storm. They would have caught their licks and they'll be itching to get back out there this week. No Nelson. He's out for a little while, although Ali Katoa comes back into the side. So that's a good body back on deck for them. For Para, still no Dylan Brown. He's another week away, so he will come back next week. Interesting to see as well. Hodgson, he's had to retire medically, I believe, due to his injury. So tough scenes from him and the young fella, Brendan Hands. One of the great fantasy buys if you got on him earlier in the season. Cheap as chips and he's gone back to back 50s I think in the last couple weeks. So great pickups there. He gets the start. Interesting to see Joey Lussick just signed a gig earlier this week straight into the 17 in the 16 jersey of course. Older brother of Freddie, younger brother of Darcy, a heck of a rugby league family. Interested to see how he goes. For me, Storm in Melbourne they will be too good and don't be surprised if they send a lot of traffic down Wonga Blake's way, which is great news for old William Warbrick paying two bucks as well. Could be one to chuck in the multi, but hey, we'll talk full punting tomorrow. Super Saturday, triple header, Raiders taking on the Knights. That's become a doozy of a game as well. Of course, the Raiders in fifth, the Knights in tenth, but the Knights hot to trot at the moment. If this game was in Newcastle, you'd probably back them in. Can Ricky's lads bounce back? Dragons, Gulls, your second game, and then Panthers, Sharks, like I mentioned. That is your third, the main event for Super Saturday. Panthers too good there. Then Sunday, Doggies taking on the Finns. Huge boost for them. Joshi Adokar, Viliami Kikau back into the 17. Interesting last week, Reed Marnie came off the bench. He's named to start again. Of course, he is the club captain. There was rumours it was due to his attitude around the club not being too sharp. They've come out during the week and said he's got some compressed discs in his spine and neck area that they have to manage due to workload. So interesting if that is the case around Reed. Pretty strong side though, on paper from the doggies. Now they're starting to come back to full health. Good to see old Sexton back out there in the seven as well. And what a performance from their young winger last week, Skelton, who of course is the cousin of Will Skelton. He's a newly fresh convert over from Rugby Union. Unfortunately, he's been dropped this week to make way for old JAC, the Fox, but he looks to be one to keep an eye on for the future. So a good little pick up there for Phil Gould's men. Will they get Jerome Luai next year as well? Plenty of rumours around that, that he has become a million dollar man. The Panthers, they just re-signed Liam Martin and Dylan Edwards, the ghost. So maybe the old bank balance 
performance isn't looking too pretty. Luai just sacked his manager as well. So maybe he joins Critter, Viliami Kicks and Co. at the Doggies for the big bag for the Finns. They're fresh off the bye and they'll be looking to come out and keep their finals push alive as well. I mentioned sitting in 13th but just two wins out of the eight. Good to see the hammer. He drops back to fullback. Cody in the halves with Anthony Mulford dropping to the bench. Valence to Fade in the Fade. He returns at centre and arguably their biggest inclusion as well. Jeremy Marshall King, of course. Younger brother of the GOAT, Benji Marshall in the nine. Whenever he's been in the mixer, the Finns have looked a completely different side. So a great inclusion for them. Last game of the round, Titans taking on the Cowboys. Titans looking to bounce back. Unchanged 17 and they'll be licking their wounds or Although Joey Stimson, he is named to start in the second row. He was a late shift last week, so he would be big for the Cows. Unfortunately, they lose young Jeremiah Nanai for four to six weeks with an AC joint injury. He's had tough luck this year, just can't get consistent playing time out there. Looked great since coming back and playing Origin, scoring couple meaties back to his 2022 form, but then injury bites again at the worst possible time. Apart from that, though, they look to be every bit the same side the Cows back in the top eight sitting in seventh 11 wins from 19 games Scotty Drink really starting to perform as well mention Reese Walsh best fullback in the comp this year Scotty Drink right on his tail alongside our boy Chance Nickel Clockstart in my very biased eyes so keen to watch that game as well some more doozies this weekend so while it's bye week and it sucks for us Warriors fans still plenty of top shelf rugby league football to sink your teeth into enjoy it enjoy the rest get to know your loved ones again say hi to your wife and kids who you've been neglecting at the expense of the wars maybe take the kids to the zoo motet or just head along to the pub and continue your usual grubby ways but it should be a heck of a weekend god's game always delivering and up the mighty wars we'll bank the two points baby sitting in third how good is life Rugby championship time now and of course last week the international 15 man code had the week off, gave the lads a chance, put their feet up after a gruelling couple weeks of travel especially for the All Blacks, Argentina to New Zealand and back to take on the Springboks, that is not an easy task in 14 days of course we're looking good, sitting the top of your rugby championship and doing so comfortably, two wins from two on nine points in second South Africa, third Argentina and then just on the one point from two games the old losers the Wallabies and that's exactly who we will take on this week in what should be a heck of a game 9.45 kickoff from over at the MCG mentioned the Melbourne Cricket Ground of course famous for the game that is in its name cricket and I think that is what this is going to be a true rugby union hiding and we're going to rack up a cricket score good to see Eddie Jones he's doubled down on his comments the All Blacks should be nervous he reckons the Wallabies are going to come out firing at the game Gates, one dog at Whanganui start and pile the pressure on us like other teams haven't been able to. I don't know if he missed our game, maybe old KO or whatever it is over in Australia wasn't showing it, but there was no rugby team on the planet in my humble opinion that could have handled the All Blacks and stopped them on attack in that first 25 minutes against the box. So if Eddie thinks his team is capable of it, I think he has another thing coming for him. The real challenge for the All
All Blacks is A, can they match that start again and come out firing? And B, can they then put out a second 40 minutes that matches that of the first we put on against the box? Of course, it is the first Bledisloe Cup game, so plenty on the line to play for. And if we win this game, we also wrap up the Rugby Championship, which would be bloody nice heading into the last game. Again, another bled at Forsyth Bar Stadium next weekend. So it's all go in the world of rugby union. And geez, the All Black team not named until later today. But again, thank me later, Surly. I always have the plug. So I have the team here, 1 to 23. Of course, my source has been spot on over the last couple weeks. So this week, he's going to make it three from three. So listen in, because there's some interesting decisions. I'll run through the team. Here we go. A New Zealand exclusive. Our props to Groot and Lomax with Cody Taylor at hooker. We run that back in the second row. And this is where it gets interesting. We run it back again with Retallick and Barrett. No room for Sam. Sammy Whitelock in the starting side. In the six, Frizzell, he keeps his jersey and deservedly so as well. Seven, Dalton Papali'i, let's get freaky. Of course, no Sam Kane due to that injury. In the eight, Adi Savia in the nine, Aaron Smith, the best pass, true Gilbert specialist in the nine jersey. Richie Moe with the show and go at 10. Talia and Will Jordan on the stings. Barrett and Ioane in the midfield and then Geordie Barrett at the back. So an unchanged back line and they all keep their spots deservedly so. On the bench, Samasoni Taukiaho, old Samsung Sony in the 16. Our bench props, Offa and Nepolalala, no changes there. 19, Whitelock, welcome back, son. And of course, there was plenty of debate about where he would fit in the side. Touch on that soon. In the 20, Luke Jacobson, well-deserved spot and call into the loose forward trio. 21, on debut, Cammy Roygaard, extremely excited for that. In 22, back from suspension, Anton Leonard-Brown. And then in 23, keeps his spot. Not a huge fan of the decision, but shit, is he a good bloke, and I hope he proves me wrong, Caleb Clark. So there's your team. 1-23, to 23, exciting stuff. The main talking points for me, of course, Whitelock on the bench. There was chat that they might move Barrett to 6 because he just deserves to be out there starting, playing such good code. And we all know what Sammy Whitelock gives you. He was arguably the best player in the final after a long layoff from injury, but they've chosen to bring him back off the Rimu, and I don't mind that decision at all. A great way to bring him back, and geez, can that help fix our finishes as well, our bench is hissing and 20 Luke Jacobson well done to the kid deserves it he was so physical so strong throughout super rugby for me he's added another dimension with nut in hand as well he was always so strong defensively now he's got the attacking game to complement it as well 21 Cam Roygaard really excited about this for me Aaron Smith Finlay Christie they play a pretty similar game obviously Smith he's a level above but then Finlay comes on and he looks to keep that tempo up really strong pass game. I think Roygaard though, he's just a different cut of jib. He comes out, he plays more of that Fakatava style role, but even a bigger body. Really strong running game. Loves scoring a media, incredibly hard to stop close to the line. He's strong. He's got a great kicking game on him as well. 
Like that TJ Perinata as well, probably another great player comp. So for me, that's a great one-two punch. Smith and then Roy Gard at the end to mix it up. And I'm excited to see him debut. A genuine bolter this year who wasn't in anyone's calculations pre-Super Rugby. In fact, prior to TJ Perinata's injury, he probably wasn't even in the Kane starting calculation. So well done to him. And good to see ALB straight back into the bench. And he's going to be pushing to try get into that starting midfield at some stage. It's not going to be easy. Rico and Jordi have established a great combination. A lot of people saying push Reeks to the wing, but at the expense of Mark Talia, which I don't like at all. So maybe ALB, this 22 jersey is going to become his best friend, but let's see how he goes. And excited to have him back out on the park. So again, no Lester Fainganuku, no Sean Stevenson, a couple guys right on the fringe, not quite given their opportunities. Also, again, no Damian McKenzie, which is a tough pill to swallow. A lot of people at home might be saying no Amoni Narara as well, but I have it on good authority. He's out injured for a couple weeks, hence why old Shooter stayed in All Blacks camp. So for me, if I'm thinking like Fozzie or trying to do anyway, which isn't an easy task, I think this week he's tried to roll out his strongest 23 available, a couple tweaks there on the bench with eyes that maybe next week in Forsyth Bar. We've got the Rugby Championship. We've got the bled wrapped up that is when you bring in your Leicesters and your shooters and see if they've got what it takes I'd be extremely excited if that was the case I'd love to see both of those guys plus DMAC get another crack at it as well so exciting times for All Blacks fans an incredibly strong 23 and again I think we go over to Australia and we do some humping I'll be on the boys 13 plus again we'll talk punting tomorrow Wallaby side not currently named but I think it's a little irrelevant they just don't have the weapons in the duffel to get the job done and saying that though last time we played them in Melbourne they actually almost beat us this was that famous Bernard Foley game where he took too long to kick the ball out got free kicked we scored at the death and won the game so I know there'll be zero complacency in the All Blacks camp and they'll be rocking up like this is the Wallabies team of old who will have a chip on their shoulder and let's make a statement and show Eddie Jones he's a loser and he needs to watch what he says your second game in the rugby championship of course will go down early doors Sunday morning with South Africa hosting Argentina gonna be a good game nine changes to the starting 15 from the Springboks that lost to the All Blacks for me this is their strongest team Malcolm Marks he gets promoted to the starting front row Peter Steph Dutoy and Vermeulen they all come in to start Interesting to see Fafta Clerk on the bench. Maybe that is a bit of a demotion for him. An incredibly great footballer, but he did have a rough night in the office at Mount Smart. And saying that, not the first human to do so. So they've mixed it up a little, bring the changes. Argentina, not exactly a slouch of a team. Of course, they beat the Wallabies in their last game. So they'll be looking to go over there and claim a big scalp. True underdogs as well. Nothing to lose. So love that. And then just quickly, wanted to touch on a couple results from last Last week as well we had Fiji beating Tonga and well done to them a pretty stacked Tongan side so a great result there for Fiji and then Manu Samoa got the win over Japan in Japan of course this is that Pacific Nations Cup competition huge win for the Samoa boys and shout out to friend of the show Lateru Tolai on getting his debut as well well done son this week Samoa they take on Fiji in Samoa in round two of that competition and then Japan they host Tonga so Tonga looking to bounce back a great comp to watch and she's on Sky Sports so make sure you tune in. Those games go down, both of them, on Saturday. Great viewing, so get around it. 
Weekly wrap time now, and of course the main event of the town continues to be the Women's Football World Cup. She was a bummer for the Ferns. Unfortunately, we dropped that game on Tuesday night to the Philippines, one that we probably should have won after going the big lift against Norway. Wilkinson with the goal, a famous victory. Jeez, was the nation swept up in it. The Philippines, well and truly a game that would circle pre-World Cup is probably the one we should win to really try and make our play to get out of pool play. It wasn't to be though, they got the win 1-0 geez were we a bees dick away from levelling her all up, probably a fingernail on that offside call by VAR, so that is tough to swallow, and saying that though, the Philippines, they hung on, I think we had 15 shots at goal compared to 4, so we were dominant, we dominated possession, dominated territory all the stats, but the games aren't won on the stat sheet, football, she can be a cruel and fickle sport, and the Philippines came away with the win hats off to them, so that makes things a little tougher for the Ferns in terms of their roadmap out of pool play moving forward we take on Switzerland on Sunday night we have to beat them to be guaranteed to make it out of pool play a draw would also be fine if Norway beat the Philippines so actually both those games are on Sunday 7pm same time New Zealand we're taking on Switzerland in the Sistema Norway Philippines at the Garden of Eden so stand by Sunday night 7pm I'm sure most of the nation will be tuning in get up the ferns gee she was Pandemonium last Thursday at Eden Park. It would be great to see us beat Switzerland and wrap it up in convincing fashion. Otherwise, it'll be squeaky bums drill screening the Norway-Philippines game at the same time and praying for a draw. Crazier things have happened, but it's been unreal to see the country get around the cup. We've reached our ticket sales target now. 1.2 million tickets sold. So you love that. The Americans, the Brazilians, the Japanese, the Spanish all going great guns as well so it's just cool being out and about seeing women's football be the talk of the town the Sky Tower they got players up on the side of it at night FIFA they run a bloody clean cutter so well done to the organisers well done to the players and get up the ferns hopefully positive stuff on your Sunday night soccer. Next up, UFC 291 going down on Sunday. And this is a stat card from the prelims right through to the main event. Those early fights, you got guys like Jake Matthews, the young Aussie, as well as the old My Balls Was Hot, Derek Lewis. In your early scraps, that's how good these biffs are. Then you move on to your main card. And of course, the main event, there is no bigger fight than this. A lightweight bout between Poirier and Gaethje. The second time these two have biffed, of course. In 2018, she was one of the best fights of the year. Poirier got the chocolates with a fourth round knockout. But what an insane fight it was. Many people still calling it one of the best to go around in the UFC. The winner out of this one walks away with the BMF tie and also becomes the number one contender for the belt once Islam and Oliveira have had their biff to decide who is the champ so this fight alone this is worth the cost of the pay-per-view in my opinion it's going to be all go from way to go both of them love a fight of the night bonus they both love a knockout tough as shit Gaethje's nickname's the highlight and we all know Poirier he can throw hands with the best of them so I can't wait for this one it's going to be hectic so make sure you book it and tune in bums on seat stuff your co-main event that's a 
good biff as well with Jan taking on old Potan, Alex Pereira, who looks insane at 205 pounds as well. Of course, he's moved up from middleweight to light heavyweight and he looks every bit a big bopper. It just shows how much weight he was cutting down in order to fight Izzy. And geez, looking at these images, I bet Izzy's slightly relieved he's moved up as well. A big human being, tall, full of muscle and he looks so deadly when he's striking with that extra weight behind him. Second verse third, that is going to be a great scrap and let's see if Pereira has what it takes in that light heavyweight division. Your other biffs, you got Tony Ferguson taking on Bobby Green and Michael Chesser taking on Kevin Holland so it truly is stack from woe to go. Going to be a great day. The UFC it always delivers. There's going to be some intense scraps in this one. I just have a feeling about it. She's going to be brutal and there's going to be plenty of highlights and KOs, so strap yourself in. Nothing better than a huge day on the couch. Probably dusty as well. In fact, I'm definitely going to be dusty. It's my wife's birthday on the Saturday, so I'll be feed up Domino's Coke Zero going the big lift. UFC, hangover, no better combination. Gonna be unreal. And then finally, to round out the old weekly wrap, and shout out to the Silver Ferns, who actually have the Netball World Cup kicking off tomorrow. I feel like this one's gone under the radar, probably because we're so spoilt for sport at the moment. But I do love the Ferns, and there's nothing better than a World Cup. So they kick off tomorrow, then they play Saturday and Sunday as well. Hectic scheduling. It's over in South Africa, so it turns out the times are actually good for us to tune in. 9am tomorrow, we take on Trinidad and Tobago. That's almost unfair. Two countries there. Saturday, we take on Uganda. Sunday, we take on Singapore, who are hardly a powerhouse in the game. So we should pound probably all three of those teams, to be fair. Then we have a bit of a break. Semi-finals later on next week. So an interesting layout in terms of this competition, but it's going to be all go. Couple early starts. Get around them and up the mighty Silver Ferns. Be great to see us bring back this World Cup and send old coach Nolene Taurua, one of the greats, off as an absolute winner. How good is the old netball Far Cup? And speaking of Far Cup, also shout out to the women going the big lift at the moment in the Farah Palmer Cup and also in the NRLW. It's huge to see, of course, we've got the Women's Football World Cup, just spoke about it. The netball, Farah Palmer, Rugby League, Unreal to see women's sport on such a high at the moment. I've got to say that NRLW as well in particular. Great watching the skill set on display, the physicality, some of the hits. It is huge. That Broncos player even turned to biting. She's got a bit of grub in her. you got to love that. So it's great to see women's sport top of the pops at the moment. And no doubt the netball. That'll be right up there as well. Up the mighty ferns. Right, Q&A time, and again, your questions came flooding in, so I've just picked out a couple of them. The first one comes through from Riley Hamilton, and he says, Please beat NZ Warriors Faithful and Fantasy this week. I can help you. Message me. Yeah, look, didn't even know I was taking him on. That is in a separate competition. Hopefully my team can go the big lift. I must say, though, lacking trades in the old fantasy world at the moment. Got six Warriors as well. They do have the buy, so my team is going to battle. And shout out to the STS Fantasy. Fantasy League. Better have a look actually and see who's leading that. Jumped on the app now. We've got Luke Adams in first. 
Huge stuff from him. Second is Clay Murray. Third, Rob McStay. Fourth, Riley, actually. So well done to him. And in fifth, Kobe Hanman. I'm struggling. Sitting down there in 64. So unlike the Waz, it certainly isn't my year. But great to see. Got about 140 teams in that comp. So well done to those five lads for dominating. Can I beat New Zealand Warriors faithful? Fingers crossed I go the big lift and cheers for the offer to help there, Riley. I just don't think I have the trades to call on your expertise. Next one comes through from longtime friend of the show, Sage, one of the great West Lakers, and he says, Dally M lad, have to. And I think this alludes to old Shawnee Johnson. Plenty of chat around him over the last couple of weeks, whether he's going to pull it off. For me, I think he is. If you look at those other players that are playing great code at the moment, you're pain in the hearse. He's been injured, missed quite a few games. Scott Drinkwater can't get it. Early season suspension. If you've been suspended for over two weeks in one hit, you're ineligible. So that's a tip for young players. A lot of people forget about that. Reese Walsh, he got suspended, of course, for spraying the ref and saying he was having a go at Paddy Carrigan. Your Nico Hines, the Sharks are dropped off, so I think you'll be a casualty of that. So for me, it's all SJ, baby. And geez, does the kid deserve it. Coming into this year, so many people riding him, saying he shouldn't even be in the Warriors and he should call it a day. I was always telling you to stay true. The bloke was shredded out of his mind. Pilates every day. And I knew old SJ was in for a historic year. Would I have predicted Dally M? Truth be told, probably not. But he's done the job every week. He's played in every game. Even managed to fit a second child in. The birth of it around the schedule. So that is massive. If that doesn't deserve a Dally M, then I do not know what does. And fingers crossed the NRL don't rob us and award it to him. Your next one comes through from Ham Porter, and it's not a question, more a statement, or a fact to be fair, and it's one of the greats. He said, my bro had long hair, never got any and then I'll change it to female attention. He cut a DWZ last week, and he got three roots on the weekend. So massive stuff there, and that just goes to show the ladies love a mullet, and it's really peaking in popularity at the moment due to the form of Dell as well. So no doubt he'll be chuffed for your mate to hear that as well. Cut a mull, and it paid off for him. And then your final one comes through from Nella, and it says, maybe it ain't the Warriors year this year. Hashtag paradise. Look, that's rich, mate. Just had a look at the ladder. Parramatta sitting in eighth and really battling the Warriors. We can't hear you from up at third. So maybe pipe down. I certainly think it is our year. And look, we punt you a couple weeks back by 40 plus. So if you are good enough to make finals footy, then we'll see you come September. But hope you're well, mate. And cheers for your question. Right, so that's us for another episode of Surly Talk Sport. Hope you enjoyed it. Of course, Warriors with the bye this week. She was a little bit shorter, a little bit sharper, a little more punchier. I'll be back here tomorrow, same time, same place, to talk you through the weekend's punting and hopefully lead you into some green ticks on your bet slips at the TAB. Go well. Enjoy your Thursday night footy. Broncos versus the Roosters should be a doozy. Up the mighty All Blacks, up the Black Ferns, up the Silver Ferns as well. Catch you tomorrow. Rip in. How good.